Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can now read me at foxsports.com and on the new Fox Sports app. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. So I am shelving the topic of the return of the big man in the NBA for another day or so because of what I saw over the weekend from the Los Angeles Lakers, and specifically Russell Westbrook. I have to admit, I didn't see this coming for Russ. I'm not talking about his struggles with the Lakers, which continued against the Portland Trail Blazers, despite a prime opportunity for Russ to get back to being Russ with LeBron James out and Anthony Davis missing the entire second half with a stomach illness. When I say I didn't see this coming... I'm referring to the fact that I covered Russ when he first started out in Oklahoma City, and I thought for sure he was destined to win a ring. While a healthy number of people were suggesting at the time that Russ was holding Kevin Durant back, despite KD winning league MVP and four scoring titles with Russ as his point guard, there was a time I considered Russ the better all-around player. I thought he impacted the game in more ways at the time. KD had a tendency to settle for long-range shots with the game on the line especially, and he missed too many of them if he managed to get one off. As with a lot of Supreme scorers, his interest in defense wavered. His handle was not what it is now, and the high dribble that comes with being seven feet tall, you can miss me with that officially listed height of 6'10", and trying to attack from the top of the arc left KD vulnerable to getting picked and producing a fast-break layup going the other way at the exact worst time on a semi-regular basis. Thunder fans back from that day know exactly what I'm talking about. Through the first five years, years of his career, KD had a negative assist-to-turnover ratio. Russ, on the other hand, was averaging two to one or better every one of his first five years. 
And in their first four years together, KD came into the league a year ahead of Russ, KD had the higher usage rate in their first three years. And the one year that Russ topped him, the Thunder went 47-19, and second only to the Spurs in the Western Conference, who they then beat in the Conference Finals to go to the NBA Finals. I'm focusing on the years leading up to OKC reaching the Finals because I saw in Westbrook a young, hungry, physical beast trying to evolve, trying to figure it out. People might forget, but in those finals, the 2012 finals, the Thunder won game one in dominating fashion, 105-94, before losing a close game two by the score of 100-96. to I'll never forget seeing Russ before game three in Miami and being struck by how geeked up he was before tip-off. He looked like a struck tuning fork. He literally vibrated with energy and desire. I didn't take that as a good sign because at that stage, being calculated and efficient is the key to success. The secret in the playoffs, particularly in the finals, both for individuals and teams as a whole, is to make fewer mistakes than your opponent. Don't beat yourself. Don't be the one who lets the pressure prompt you to try to do too much. Playing hard is one thing. Playing crazy hard is another. Just take one look at the New England Patriots and all their success. It's essentially what they did. They never beat themselves. San Antonio Spurs, another example, weren't always the most talented team. They were just the most efficient. Game three was a microcosm of what we see today on an all-too-regular basis. Russ had five shots at the rim and missed four of them. He clanked all three of his three-point attempts. Now, he was still solid in his point guard duties overall against the Heat. He had 33 dimes to only 11 turnovers in the series, 3-1 to one being the gold standard for point guards. But he also missed 19 of his 22 three-point attempts. That's 13%. Now, anybody looking at him now would say, well, that's not a surprise. But at the time, it was. As a rookie, first time in the playoffs, he shot 41% from three-point range. And just the previous series in 2012, in that Western Conference Finals battle with the Spurs, he made 8 of 20, 40%. Another pattern emerged in Game 4 after losing Game 3. Russ went the other way, and he tried to take over. Now, he was sensational, scoring 43 points on 62% shooting. And while KD was settling for jumpers, 15 of his 19 shots came from outside the paint, Russ relentlessly attacked the rim, making 5 of 7, including 4 of 4 in the fourth quarter. But it wasn't enough, and the Heat won yet another close one, 91-85. And then the wheels came off for Russ in Game 5. He missed 16 of his 20 shots, including all five of his threes. At the time, though, I thought, after they lost the series, he'll learn from this. He's 23 years old. This was his first NBA Finals. He'll figure out that less is more, that playing with your hair on fire at 100 miles an hour all the time is not the answer. Besides, 
He and the Thunder were up against a Heat team that had reached the finals the year before and been embarrassed by losing to the underdog Dallas Mavericks. It was the Heat's time. The Thunder's time, I thought, will come. Russ's time will come. Fast forward four years. The Thunder are up 3-1 on the defending champion Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. A chance to get revenge against LeBron now with the Cavaliers awaited. It was so close, Russ could taste it. And so, he tried to will that Game 5 victory and close out the series. He tried to do everything. And it was too much. 10 of 14 missed shots in the first half. Seven turnovers. Three missed free throws, including two in the final period. The Thunder lost. Game 6, he took the same approach. Same result. OKC lost the series in seven, and as we know now, KD had seen enough. It has been both fascinating and sad to watch what has happened since. First, Russ took the approach of, well, with KD out of the way, let me try to do it all, all the time. That produced a triple-double average for three consecutive seasons, but an inability to get out of the first round. Then came the move to Houston and an attempt to step back, to be for Harden what he had been for KD in the early days. But that didn't work either. The the formula of blending his ability to create with his ability to score continued to elude him. His frustration and confusion became palpable over the years. His answer, all too often, play harder, play faster but never consistently smarter. Along the way, the wear and tear of playing so hard and fast has taken its toll. A variety of knee injuries that have clearly affected his lateral quickness and agility. He is pretty much a straight-line player now, hoping to fool defenders with change of speed. The problem is, the loss of confidence in his jumper now allows defenders to simply lay back. Change of speed without change of direction has no chance of working when the defender is using a cushion of three feet or more. And Russell knows it. The loss to the Blazers over the weekend had it all on display. If there was ever a time for Russ to show that he could still take over a game, this was it. LeBron was out. AD was ill. And it's not as if Russ didn't try. When the second half opened, He found Carmelo for a 20-foot jumper. Then he attacked the rim and drew a foul on Norman Powell and made both free throws. But then it all went south. Feeling a surge of confidence, he pulled up on the break and took a 27-foot three, missing. The next three times he went to the rim, missing at the rim all three times. Of his 13 shots for the night, six were at the rim. All of them misses, largely because they were all contested. He finished with a team-high usage rate of 30%, but he couldn't get past Norman Powell for the life of him. Now, Powell is a very good defender, bordering on great, but one-on-one, Russell Westbrook not being able to beat somebody? To be a playmaker, the formula is pretty simple. You have to be able to beat your man one-on-one and draw a second defender, opening up a shot for someone else. Russ couldn't and this was against the 16th-ranked defense in the league. 
And then he did something I can't recall seeing Russ do when the carpet was rolled out for him to take over, to impose his will or at least die trying. He conceded. He made one more attempt at scoring in the third quarter, drawing a foul on Robert Covington for two more free throws. Instead, he looked to Carmelo Anthony to take over. Not attack and then feed Carmelo, but simply swing the ball to Melo and let him go to work. This, by the way, is the great oversight in thinking that Melo, Russ, LeBron, and AD were going to overwhelm teams with their offensive talent. They aren't what they once were. One-on-one, Melo has been as good as ever. He's shooting well, but he's not drawing double teams. Russ is neither shooting well, 27% from three, 42% overall, nor drawing second defenders. The Lakers' two point guards, Russ and Rajon Rondo, have offensive ratings of 94 and 78. And for Rondo, that's 40 points below what he was for the Clippers last year. And that wasn't very good. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. LeBron is the only playmaker the team has, and that's largely when he posts up, which means AD is operating from the perimeter, where he's shooting 14% from beyond the arc. Now, the Twitter sphere is putting a large amount of the blame for all this on head coach Frank Vogel as if the Lakers' rotations and defensive schemes are the culprit, especially when he's played Rondo and Westbrook together. But those are his second and third best playmakers, or at least they're supposed to be, like it or not. Avery Bradley is not going to create a shot for himself or anybody else. Yeah, I know he had a couple of dimes against the Blazers, but consistently, no. Melo is averaging one assist per game. Russ and Rondo can't stay in front of anyone defensively, so Vogel has played DeAndre Jordan to provide rim protection. It makes sense. Perhaps you haven't noticed, but Dwight Howard isn't doing that anymore, and it's not as if the opportunities haven't been there. I also told you before the season started that Frank is a very methodical coach. He devises his game plan and his rotation, and he rarely strays from it unless injury requires it. That's why when you see some of the changes and the switches, it's from game to game, not so much quarter to quarter. But blaming Vogel for this team's performance, 
particularly on defense, is scapegoating at its finest. There isn't a coach alive who could devise an effective defensive scheme that would work with such a deep group of subpar defenders. Perhaps you're not paying attention to what Caruso is doing, that's Alex Caruso, for the Bulls, or Contavious Caldwell-Pope is doing for the Wizards, or even Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder, is doing in Boston. Those are all three former Wizards. Schroeder's defensive rating is better than it was last year with the Lakers, as is KCP's. Caruso's 100 is the best of his career and nine points better than his rating last year with the Lakers. Even Kyle Kuzma is defending better than he did a year ago. They were not simply a product of Vogel's defensive schemes. They are all capable defenders. Everything that is happening with Russ in particular, and with the Lakers in general, was entirely predictable. Westbrook has been a negative in offensive versus defensive efficiency three years running now. Howard was not an effective rim protector in Philly last year already. And AD shot 26% from three-point range last year. In the big picture, though, nothing has been more remarkable than watching the steady spiral of Westbrook. Through his first eight seasons, he only shot below 80% from the line once. And in the last five, he hasn't shot above 80 once. He had four straight seasons in OKC where he shot over 30% on threes, which is not great, but it's acceptable. In the last five seasons, he's only shot 30% or better once. And the general rule is that guys get better at the free throw line and jump shooting as they get older. Their athleticism goes, they become more refined on their shooting, there's not as much variance on their lift, they just get smarter and more efficient. But Russ is missing one out of every two shots he takes at the rim, by far his worst production since his rookie year. He averaged a triple-double for the Wizards last season, and yet their offense has jumped from 17th to 7th, and their defense has gone from 19th to 10th. Now, I take no pleasure in pointing any of this out. Discount Russ's historic statistics all you want. I appreciated how hard he played every night. So do most players around the league, which is why they preface their remarks about his struggles with, I love Russ, but that's what was so disturbing about what I saw against the Blazers. The relentless competitor was nowhere to be seen. Whether it's reduced effectiveness because his knees are much older than his 33 years, uncertainty from no longer being able to get to the rim and finish, or a reluctance to trust his jumper from any distance after a few misses because at the heart of it, Westbrook still wants to win. And now that he's not sure how he can contribute, he seems to be searching. Well, actually, he isn't just missing shots. He's missing what once seemed a limitless supply of confidence and resolve. Westbrook hasn't always had the answers. That's clear. But I can't recall him ever not searching for them until what I saw Saturday night.
All right. That does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got a host of interesting matchups coming up. The Knicks at the Philadelphia 76ers, the Nets visiting the Chicago Bulls, and of course the Charlotte Hornets meeting once again with Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. I don't know that I'm going to circle back on the Lakers once again, but we will review exactly what happens in this game and see if Westbrook can find that lost confidence. But I'm more inclined to visit the big man, the return of the big man, because the 76ers in particular seem to be doing surprisingly well without Ben Simmons or anything in replacement of him. How are they getting it done? What role is Joel Embiid playing in that? That may be the topic for the next episode. Stay tuned. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.